to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88. You are joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me is Danny. Yay! Danny, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, fantastic. Good to be here, Lawson. Mm-hmm. Not used to this morning um, yeah, time yeah. slot, but I am getting there slowly but surely. Yeah, you doubly blessed. You get to be on this morning and this afternoon. No, not this afternoon. Oh. Yesterday afternoon. Oh, yeah, it was so, yesterday yeah. afternoon. It's Robbie this afternoon. Yeah, don't don't man, say man. that, otherwise Portia will have another heart attack. <laughs> so um, if she had me like twice in one day, two days in a row, I think it would be too much for her to handle. <laughs> Lyle will come back home and he'll find a very different wife from what he left. <laughs> What are you grateful for this morning, Dan? I'm grateful for Shell that she doesn't have to deal with me this afternoon either. Um, <laughs> now I'm I'm grateful to the Lord that He is good. Amen. He is good. His mm-hmm. mercies endure forever. And um, on Sabbath, I preached a sermon entitled "Rejoice in the Lord." Always. Mm. And um, so I'm always rejoicing in the Lord. If you ask me how am I doing, I'll always say I'm praising the Lord, having a great time. Amen. The Lord is always good. Amen. I can't say the same about myself, um, <laughs> but the Lord is always good. So, yeah, it's, it's a great day to be alive. Oh, that's so good. Oh, man, I'm also grateful for Sabbath, just reflecting back then. We were supposed to go as a Faith FM team, myself and Lyle, to Memorial Church and do Sabbath school there. Unfortunately, Lyle double booked himself. He was away, so I went by myself and represented Faith FM there, teaching the Sabbath school at Memorial. And I was so blessed. Like, it was such a blessing. Shout out to Memorial Church and, and Pastor Ray, uh, Dude, it was so, so good. And all the people there f- uh, from Memorial Church who were listening um, as a result of that day. But yeah, oh, so much to look forward to. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We uh, we have some good news this morning. Danny, what do we have to talk about? Well, we can talk about my precious dog that I have, my tiny toy cavoodle, who is yes. my best friend. Yes. Um, but we'll talk about some other things. But I do, I do need to give a plug to my little dog, Gracie. Uh, my little dog, Gracie, um, we bought her last year. She's a tiny toy cavoodle, the cutest thing on the planet. Oh, and so the most adorable, loving, kind um, creature on the planet. And you know what, um, Lawson, I've been around now for a little while. I've got two daughters who are in their 20s, mm-hmm. and they're no longer interested in going to the park. Uh-huh. Once upon a time, just to give some context to what I'm about to say about Gracie, once upon a time, I would get home when they were young and they'd be waiting for me at the door. Uh-huh. Lawson, try and picture this. They're waiting for uh-huh. me at the door. I'd get home every day between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock. I'd spend time with them. We'd go to the park. If it was raining, we'd go to McDonald's where I'd, 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 have, a, I'd have an orange juice while they played in the, in the McDonald's mm-hmm. thing. Do they still have McDonald's? Yeah, they've they got those little playgrounds. playgrounds. Yeah, 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 so you've got to do something. So I used, I used their facility. Um, anyway, that was many moons ago, um, but... Obviously, they've grown up and they uh-huh. don't wait for me at the door anymore uh-huh. um, to go to the park. Mm-hmm. So when I get home, it's like, I'm home. And they're like, whatever, if they do say something. And anyway, <laughs> so getting the dog was the best thing I have ever done. Because guess what? Gracie is there waiting for me. Every time my tar car turns up, she comes to the door. She's a tiny little thing. She waits for me and she's excited to uh-huh. see me. And so now I can cl- uh, now I can say without a shadow of a doubt when I get home there is someone happy to see me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say that before Gracie came to town. <laughs> I couldn't say that. 
<laughs> so anyway, having a dog is the best thing. We've had cats uh-huh. before, but now we have a dog. And um, and Grace is fantastic. Like this time right now, I'm here. But if I was at home, Gracie would be in my lap and I'd be doing my Bible study. Mm. And it's just fantastic. She's not only a good heater, but she's just so adorable and so friendly and loving. And you know what? what? She's amazing. Like I'm, you, you like mountain biking as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I love mountain biking. And I mean, I go, I go out of Wobba. Do you go out of Wobba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great track. Anyway, oh, she loves me the most when I'm sweaty and smelly. Oof. That's when she loves me the most. She just licks me. She just loves me. My kids can't handle it. Like that. That's gross. Gross, gross, gross. I'm, I'm kind of inclined to agree with them in a, in a small way. <laughs> she loves me. You know what? And that's unconditional love. Mm. That's unconditional. My wife, when I'm sweaty, I can tell you and smell it, she does not kiss me more than she would otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. So, Fair enough. So when they say a dog is a man's best friend, it tops even the love of a wife when you're sweaty and smelly. <laughs> so anyway, all right, on to the good news. <laughs> I think I used up half my time just on that, but anyway. That's good. Uh, I'm not with Gracie, so I'm missing her this morning. I'm really, really missing my Gracie. So anyway, all right, couple of a couple of stories. Researchers have found that listening to natural sounds like running water benefits human health. Wow. And, I mean, I, I know that. Well, basically, you know, we've heard of landscapes. Now mm. they're talking soundscapes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So basically the, the research is, is out there and they're finding that people who spend time in nature, um, without their, without their earphones on, um, without any distractions, um, no wifi, no, no, no reception and just spend time listening to the sounds in nature, be it water running, be it whatever, be it the animal, you know, whatever their their health, their mental health, and also their physical health, their heart rate um, improves their stress levels and just everything by about mm. a quarter, by about 25%. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, oh, is this just a mental health thing? No. But it's, like, it's a re- it seems like a regulator for like the whole body. The, the whole body, yeah. yeah wow. The whole body. And um, so, yeah, so, so that's what they're finding. So anyway, I mean, we've known that ever since the beginning yeah. because God created us and put us in a garden to begin with. Mm. So that's mm. one really cool story. Um, another one that I came across was... Um, this is in regards to um, a couple that was doing it pretty tough financially, but mm. now they're in a better place. And what they're doing, um, their little bit to add a little bit of happiness and joy into other parents' lives, they are stuffing, well, not stuffing, um, they are putting um, some money in toys and also, like you know, baby formulas and that kind of stuff, um, with wow. the with the permission of the Kmart or sorry, the, the Target store. This is an American story, and mm. um, so yeah, so they're just brightening up people's days. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's like the random act of kindness yeah. kind of thing. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago. We talked about paying it forward, paying for the people behind you in like the the Macca's drive through, the Hungry Jacks, mm, mm. whatever it may be. And I've been the recipient of that a couple of times. Have you? Know, you? As a poor Bible worker, I'm going through Hungry Jacks, getting my vegan Rebel Whopper. And, um, you know, I pull up to the window and they they like, hey, the person in front of you paid for your Oh, food. wow. Like, that's amazing. But then, of course, you're like, uh, okay, I want to pay for the people behind me's food. You know, that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. the way. But it's awesome to see like, 
You know, I feel like these random acts of kindness and generosity always spark more random acts of yeah. kindness. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a ripple effect. You know, you do something nice for someone else Absolutely. and then they will have the ability to then go in, into their circle of influence in their life. And Well, they've done research. They've done research. I preached on it um, a couple of weeks ago. They've done research. People who are generous and kind, they are better off in, in, in every aspect, mm. you know, health-wise, you know. I haven't got the research here in front of me, but yeah, they've done extensive research. People who are very generous, kind, um, they spend time volunteering. Mm. They, their, their health um, is so much better than people who are just self-focused. Mm, well, that kind of falls under like the biblical principle of like stewardship, right? Yeah. That God has given us it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yes. That's what Jesus oh, said. Of course. And that is because God has given us everything. Absolutely. Um, and it's not just oh, money or he created us, but it's even more than that. It's the ability to live and to work and yeah. to interact our relationships. God has given us everything. Mm. And so if we are like, Treating them like that, you know, using them generously as God has called us to, well, then we're going to be better. Absolutely. Amen. Mentally or everything. Amen. And amen. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. I guess so. They just went by two names. Uh, we also had a guest for Abraham because he was like, Abram, Abraham. He also has a bunch of like kind of prescribed names like, like father of many nations and whatnot, but it's not him. Okay, next clue. I collected things. Oh. Yeah, okay, that's just like really... I collected uh, things. Um, that's that's got to be only one or two people in the world, surely, that collected things. No. <laughs> that's everybody yeah, collects things. I know, I know. It's kind of like, uh... <laughs> but uh, they're known for collecting things. They're known for collecting things. Okay. And they, All right. they have two names. Um, mm, collector and two names. Shell's just laughing at us, bro. She's just like, no, nah, okay, I'm not going to write anything down. I don't know what it is. Uh, listen, Danny, if you feel impressed, go for it. Show Shell, and if it's right, then... I don't feel impressed or look impressed, so you just press on, brother. Yeah, well, again, you can give us a call or text 0491-064-669 if you know the correct answer. All right, let's have a look at some news stories today, some hectic stuff happening around our world. I wanted to... Um, really? Do any, What do you mean? Like, uh, do you, you don't think hectic <laughs> things are happening around the world? Oh, boy, where do you start? Yeah, I know, right? Well, uh, the last couple of days we've been co- following some COVID stories. One, uh, you know, some out of Asia on uh, Tuesday, and then yesterday we had one coming out of Australia to do with church. Uh, on Tuesday we talked about in Vietnam, the Revival Ecclesia Mission Church had been slapped with uh, criminal charges after 145 cases of COVID were spread through church services, um, you know, after after they had already, you know, made a, a ban on churches. Uh, we also talked yesterday about how a church down in Melbourne, the pastor was arrested for ah. incitement um, because he was disobeying lockdown. And his point, he said, you know, we ought to obey God rather than men. Everyone come to church this weekend. And he was arrested because of it yeah, and now yeah. i kind of I remember reading on that i talked yesterday and uh made a point that i actually you know while i said whilst i think it, uh, arresting him um is pretty harsh at the same time like that's probably not the best hill to die on and it's not the best place to quote 
oh, you know, uh, we ought to obey God rather than men. I, I made the point uh, that, I made the point that, hey, like, you know, this isn't a direct persecution of Christianity like Peter was facing when he said that. This is... Uh, like, this is just people trying to fight COVID. Like, this is... Everything is shut down. Sporting events, restaurants, everything. They're not targeting you. Yeah. So, why would you then make this huge point of, well, we ought to obey God rather than men, which would lead to public opinion falling? You know, like, when I read... When I read First Timothy chapter 2 and it's like, you know, for this is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, to pray for all men so that we would live quiet and peaceable lives. I'm like, this is not peaceable. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true. You're, you're right. I mean, the Bible says that we ought to be at peace with all people as mm-hmm. much as we possibly can. And, um, yeah, I, I believe that, yeah, we need to draw a line between um, what is uh, in, in the best interest of health when it comes to the community at large. Yes, uh, yes. Because, you know, we ought to protect life. Jesus was in the business of protecting life, of saving mm-hmm. life, of bringing healing yes. and hope to yes. individuals. So if we are uh, involved in deliberately spreading, um, you know, uh, a disease, then then that is going against, you know, the biblical principles 100%. that we've been given. However, you know, if we were told we are not, and like, you know, the New Testament, the New Testament example that is often quoted, you know, we ought to obey God rather than man. If you read that passage, they told them very clearly, you are not, to preach yeah. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, they weren't saying, hey, you are not together because there's a pandemic exactly. going on. Exactly. So um, if exactly. we were told, if we were told, no, you are not allowed to share your faith in Jesus Christ, you are not allowed to, for example, you know, um, one day, one day uh, a big worship test will come. Mm. We won't get into that right now. But anything related to my relationship with God, my faithfulness to God, in particular his commandments, mm. um, I ought to obey God rather than man. 100%. So, um, you know, you know, we, we, we take issue with um, individuals who, um, you know, who feel that, hey, marriage can be between any two individuals, any two consenting individuals. No, the Bible is very clear what marriage is. And I'm willing to go to prison for the sake of standing up for mm-hmm. biblical marriage. Yeah. But when it comes to what our brother did there in Victoria, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's, it's interesting because we saw a parallel story happening in Vietnam where mm. people had been, um, you know, they had caused COVID cases and they'd been charged for it. And rather than then responding to that, oh, we ought to obey God rather than men, no, they have gone on their Facebook, they've gone on their social medias, and they've apologised. Mm. Um, and they've made this really b- big point. They're All like, right. you know, on behalf of my entire church... This is, um, yeah, pa- the pastor from the church. Um, this is a very Vietnamese name, uh, but I'm going to call him Pastor Van Tan because that's his last name, which is a bit easier to pronounce. Um, but Pastor Van Tan, he gets on Facebook and he's like, on, on behalf of my entire church and, and my wife uh, and I, you know, would like to sincerely apologize to the hurt and the, and the destructions that we've caused the community through the spreading of this virus. You know, we want to do god's work in the best way that we possibly can that is the best for everyone um and st- you know we want to stand up for his truth but we were being reckless they come forth and they they yeah mm. they they admit their fault praise the lord praise and, the lord and, and because of that like they've they've put this apology out there yeah. and there, there is the the authorities are short showing leniency in their criminal charges against them yeah um because they've decided to conform you know now they have good standing with the community 
good standing with the authorities. And I would see this as like, oh man, you know, this looks like a church that's ready to grow. I know that my church that I go to, I go to the Newcastle Uni Adventist yeah. Church. We grew during during COVID. Yeah. When we got back together, like we were a small church plant when we when COVID started. And when we got back together, we're still pretty relatively small church plant, but we grew. Like we made contacts, all these different things. And so I feel as though Christians don't need to fear COVID as something that will just destroy their churches or whatever. God yeah. will always grow. Um, and even if we face the um, situation of persecution like Paul and Peter did, where it's like, no, you are not allowed to preach in the name of Jesus. Like you are not allowed to worship um, because you are Christian. We will still grow. Absolutely. God well, will still do his work. In, in, from past history, um, Lawson, God's church has always grown most during persecution. As, mm. as one of the uh, early church fathers said, you know, the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the gospel. And mm. so, you know, and that's why, and that's why the enemy had to change tact. Instead of persecuting, he said, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Mm. So, um, yeah, so that's all, all the way through. In China, you look at China. Yeah. You know, the underground church there is is exploding in growth mm. in the midst, in the context of persecution. Yeah, wow, it's powerful. All right, in the last minute and a half I have, I really want to share this story because in Australia, you know, uh, there's been lots of talk, lots of discussion here on Faith FM and all around Australia in the news about the conversion therapy ban that came in in Victoria um, and kind of the the lengths that it goes mm. to, to ban conversion therapy, which has already been acknowledged that it doesn't really happen in Australia anyway. Mm. But furthermore, like they make the point that, oh, and a and a part of it is that you are not allowed to pray for people who identify as homosexual, even if they consent and mm. ask for it, mm. um, because they're, you know, if someone overhears you doing that, they can hit you with legal action, and you can be prosecuted and and thrown in jail for praying for people who, even even if they want to themselves make a life change, if you get reported, yeah. then. That's illegal. Now, this same bill is being written up in Northern Ireland at the moment, and uh, they're writing a conversion therapy ban, and the Christian Institute has written a letter to the Northern Ireland executive threatening them with legal action Mm. if prayer is included in this bill. Wow. So they're basically like, we, if you say anything about prayer, if you try and restrict the activities of the church... We will sue you. Mm. We will take hey, you to court. So it's hectic stuff happening mm. there. We're seeing the same things play out, but in a, in a much heavier way over in Northern Ireland. We pray for them. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, we'll, we'll have some more time to think about it, but right now we're going to go to our interview with Dr. John Ashton. John, are you there with us? Uh, yes. Hi. John, great G'day, John. to hear from you. Now, we are going to be, like like always, talking about all, you know, matter of scientific topics that we do here on Faith FM. But today, we're going to be specifically talking about global warming. Yes, yes this is a, um, a fairly controversial uh, topic at the moment that mm. is certainly getting quite a lot of people excited, particularly young people. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, so uh, we'd like to just get a real, you know, obviously we're a Christian radio station and we get a spiritual perspective, but we'd love to, from you, as we usually do, just get that spiritual, um, but 
uh, also scientific perspective on global warming because I feel like this is a contentious topic. Uh, you know, there are so many people who are like, oh, yes, this is a matter of fact. It's it's true. Um, you know, I tend to fall more in that category. There are, But there are a fair number of people who are like, no, this isn't real. This is the government. What is the what is the scientific perspective? What has been your perspective on this? And, and yeah, just share with us. Let's Let's go through and break it down, global warming. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, one of the issues that we have with regard to the global warming um, situation is that uh, many of the scientists that are are commenting uh, on it and also the political views um, are not coming from a biblical perspective. They're coming from a very long-age evolutionary perspective perspective. and uh, they've ignored the, the biblical account of the flood. Now, one of the things that uh, the biblical account of the flood is actually one of the best uh, scientific ways to explain the ice ages. So mm-hmm. we need to understand that there are no real satisfactory scientific models to explain the ice ages that have occurred in the past. And we have overwhelming evidence uh, geologically for ice ages in the past and and so forth. Mm. So we need to bear this in mind. And one of the reasons uh, is, of course, that during the flood, we know that there was a lot of volcanic action. And, of course, we can see that when we just travel around, too. There are extinct volcanoes everywhere Mm. on every continent. Uh, lava flows uh, that have uh, formed about uh, dikes and sills, these sort of things. So there was a lot of volcanic activity on the surface of the earth in the in the past. Also, we know that there's been massive massive movements of the the earth's crust. For example, we find you know fossils on the tops of mountains, whale fossils on the top of mountains in Peru, you know mm. uh, seashells mm. up on Mount Everest, and so forth. And so. We know that this has uh, occurred um, in the past, and this is a model really that the world, uh, the typical worldview, doesn't um, doesn't hold. Now, one of the other things is let's look at the facts then that we have. Now, one of the things that um, we look at today is what how. How much has the Earth's temperature warmed, say, in the past 120 years, say, since 1900? Well, when you look at the data, and anybody can look this up, uh, you know, look it up on Wikipedia or Google or whatever, the Earth's temperature is, has risen about a degree since, uh, well, 1.1 degree, something like that, on average since 1900. Mm-hmm. And putting this in the perspective, the ocean temperature hasn't risen as much. It's risen about 0.7 of a degree from memory, mm-hmm. whereas the land temperature has maybe risen about one and a half degrees, something like that. So there's a bit of a difference. So it's, it's quite a complicated issue measuring this global warming, uh, area. So, but let's put this into historical perspective, right? So mm. at the moment we're saying it's about one and a bit degrees warmer than it was 120 years ago. But if we go back to the Roman period, right, between the year, say, AD 1 and 400, there's a lot of uh, evidence. Matter of fact, a research paper was published only uh, last year, I think, in Nature, which is the world's top science journal. 
that during that period, Earth temp- well, temperatures in the Mediterranean area where they were studying was two degrees above the current area uh, temperature. In other words, two degree, uh, three degrees warmer than it was back wow. in 1900. Right, so this was during the Roman uh, period, the peak of the Roman Empire in the first three centuries, three or four centuries AD. Mm-hmm. The other thing was there was another very warm period, which is referred to as the medieval warm period, or also the medieval climate anomaly, which was a period between 950 and 1300 AD, again, when it was very warm. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there was another period that is is known scientifically as the Little Ice Age, which occurred between 1300 and 1870. And that was a period where there was a period of very cold, the shorter crop-growing season caused flamins, pegs, and uh, and widespread uh, uh, poverty. And I remember there was a... um, uh, a, a Turkish leader, well, I'm not, uh, uh, Turkey wasn't, of course, formed then, but he was a, a, um, a military uh, leader uh, during that period from that area in um, in uh, uh, Western Asia there that um, was, had conquered part of Europe and uh, North Africa and was moving across to China and uh, his, his army was virtually unstoppable. This was in the 13-1400 period. Mm. And uh, then suddenly, he's, overnight, there was a massive cold snap and his army was frozen to death, mm. and that saved China. So we need to remember that we've had these cycles in, in the past. Um, again, uh, looking at the carbon dioxide content, this is another thing. Now. So the other thing that people are looking at with... Um, global warming is the carbon dioxide content of the atmosphere is increasing due to the burning of fossil fuels. So, um, And, of course, this there have been some uh, increases in the carbon dioxide content of the atmosphere as well. So background about uh, 1900 or so, we estimate that the carbon dioxide content of the air and what we can measure was about 280 parts per million. Mm-hmm. It now has increased up to about, I think the latest uh, measurements I saw from early this year was about 420 parts per million. So people have become you know, quite alarmed. We've gone from 280 to uh, 420. Mm-hmm. But again, we need to put this in perspective of what some of the levels have been in the past. So... In the scientific uh, period that we call the Cambrian, which is where we find the lowest levels of, of the, the fossils, the evidence that we had there, again from other measurements, was that the carbon dioxide content in the atmosphere at that time was about 4,000 parts uh, per million. In other words, 10 times higher wow. than the current level. And this makes a lot of sense when we think too, uh, and and studies in subsequent periods um, in the geological time put the carbon dioxide levels about uh, uh, two thousand parts per million, which is five times the current level, approximately. And we need to remember too that the carbon dioxide content must have been much higher in the past because look at all the massive forests that have been buried as our current coal deposits everywhere. Mm. We know that in the past, the Earth was much warmer. 
there were these massive, um, you know, forests at that at that particular time. And so, we when we look at these uh, things too, and the other thing that we need to watch uh, to bear in mind is that if the carbon dioxide content level of the atmosphere dropped to below about 180 parts per million, then photosynthesis would stop. Plants oh, wow. would not function properly. So plants yeah. need carbon dioxide. So we're only sort of, you know, just uh, above that level. Now, it's very interesting that there are over, you know, 500 uh, climate change uh, experts in the world um, the other year wrote to um, the um, uh, United Nations about this uh, saying, look, that they don't see that there's a climate emergency. Sure, there's changes, but they don't see mm. it as a climate emergency. Um, and um, so what is happening is there's a scientific view and then there is a consensus view. So a lot of the um, environmental uh, people are, are saying, well, hang on, you know, there's this consensus. Well, remember, consensus isn't science. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing in the theory of evolution. There's no evidence for evolution that can prove that, you know, solely from some primitive organism, you know, all the different types of animals and plants evolved up to us. That, and what they have to claim is a consensus because there's no scientific evidence. So it's the same with this global warming situation to a degree. And the alarmist view is essentially, uh, it's interesting that some commentators have written, and just read a quote here, without a doubt the worldview driving alarmism is not Christian, it is humanism and neo-Marxist. It is a Babel mentality. People seem to think they can be like God. And wow. so um, this is, a, you know, a very, very interesting aspect. And I think one of the things that we should really be concerned about is uh, deforestation, yes. the clearing of forests yes. around yeah. the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the pollution of the oceans. These are far greater serious issues than the global warming. Mm-hmm. And we need to, um, you know, I was talking to a colleague who is a world um, authority, um, he's a, a, an ornithologist, a world authority on certain species of birds, and he's saying that there's been massive illegal clearing of forests in Russia uh, by, you know, mafia-associated organisations that are taking these trees out massively, uh, shipping them to other countries illegally, um, and this is destroying some of the habitat of certain birds. Um, we see massive deforestation in Madagascar uh, that was once a jungle-covered island. Now it's largely cleared. We've seen a whole lot of, I understand, reports of illegal logging going on in New Guinea at the present time. We know that there's massive clearing in the Amazon. Now, these are very, very serious issues because these trees produce massive amounts of oxygen and this is very important for the uh, balance. Mm. Um, another uh, thing that is just getting traction at the moment, and some of the listeners may be interested in seeing um, the documentary Kiss the Earth, um, which is um, about our farming methods. So, uh, the farming methods where we till the soil and break up the soil and release a lot of the carbon that is uh, trapped in the root systems is not ideal as well. We can have much greater productivity in our soils 
if we utilise farming methods that preserve the root structure in the soil and um, the uh, the microorganisms that are trapped in the soil and, and this sort of thing. And we know this also affects the CO2 oxygen balance. The more plants that we can grow by 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 tilling the land and having these vast areas of just bare soil for long periods of time while we're waiting for the fresh seeds to grow rather than keeping uh, covers there. We need to um, look at different farming methods there and there's a new process, a new push for what they call regenerative farming um, to actually preserve this. So these are a much more, in, in, you know, important concerns. Deforestation, our current agricultural methods need to be improved, reducing pollution and acidification of our uh, oceans with uh, con- pollutants and contaminants. Mm. Another thing that we don't often think about, which is probably far more serious too, is depletion of the ozone layer um, because that allows in a lot of ultraviolet light. And if we have too much ultraviolet light coming in, that will kill plants. Yeah, well. um, And this is... Um, you know, we've, we've, we've fortunately cut back on the, uh, fluorocarbons that were used in refrigerants and a lot of the propellants in, in cans. But there's a lot of other things that we're still doing in different types of, uh, solvents that we're using that are evaporating, uh, water chlorination, where we chlorinate our water that, uh, all that chlorine eventually either ends up as organics, which are not generally poisonous, or evaporates out and chlorine again, you know, destroys the ozone layer. So, there are a lot of other more important things that we can do to clean up our environment. Now, certainly burning fossil fuels is not ideal. It's like heavy metals in coal, these sort of things that can produce local um, pollution issues as well. Um, but I think the the bottom line is that the, um, you know, the, this global warming thing is more a political issue than a scientific issue. And it's, from what I can see from different documentaries, it's a, it's a global issue. There was a Christian documentary produced a few years ago, back in 2016, called The Agenda, Grinding America Down. And uh, it actually won um, an award for the best uh, Christian documentary produced in 2016. Mm. And in that documentary, they interview a lot of uh, high-profile people, mainly in the United States and and from some different countries as well. And they highlight that there is certainly a very strong anti-Christian agenda associated with a lot of these with a lot of these uh, movements. And that would be a very interesting film, I think, for listeners to watch. It's called The Agenda: Grinding America Down. Um, and is that on, is that on Netflix, John? How, how do people? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Um, you can watch it uh, on the internet. You can see previews just by googling the agenda, grinding America down, um, and these uh, other environmental issues. Um, I, I was quite surprised when I saw that, and I thought, "Oh man, this is a bit sensational," you know. So I began looking up some of the stuff, the people concerned, their qualifications, and so forth. And I thought, "Oh wow, this is wow, this is amazing. This is uh, going on right now." John, so I think that um, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say th- this is amazing <laughs> this information, is epic, epic. but we are quickly running out of time. Just quickly, what did it get to before? Like, incredibly eye-opening stuff, and now I believe that you are... I've learned more from John 
in these last 10, 12 minutes than I have in the last 20 years on this subject. <laughs> yeah, Praise the Lord, John. So I need to have you on our program, on our on our Looking Up program on a Wednesday afternoon. Are you available, John, between 3.30 <laughs> and 5.30? Uh, yeah, well, you'll have to send me an email about that. We can discuss that offline. <laughs> Fantastic. This is amazing because I, I, I really want to connect this with you on our program from a spiritual end-time worship perspective, John. So I've got a keen interest in that. But anyway, that's an aside. Over to yeah, you, yeah. Over to you I, Lawson. I just wanted to say you have a program running uh, coming up in Gloucester. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes, okay. Gloucester Church on uh, Sabbath morning I'll be uh, talking about the evidence um for creation as opposed mm. to evolution and happy to answer uh, questions that people have or try to answer them as best I can uh, with regard to those issues. And um, I may also talk a little bit about uh, global warming. So that's at mm. 10 a.m. on um, Upper Costa Church on Sabbath morning. Mm. Is it this weekend? Or... This weekend, yes. Oh, okay. uh, no, sorry, not this weekend, the long weekend, the Sabbath of the long weekend. Okay, perfect. Two weeks time. Awesome, mm. awesome stuff. John, thank you so much for sharing Thanks, with John. us this morning. Tremendous. Very, Loved very it. Loved eye-opening. It. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.